When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hello, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks, and alongside my brother who is on the phone here tonight, my name is Ryan Chambers. We are the official Dallas Stars podcast of THPN. Please go and use that promo code THPN the next time you use DraftKings or Raycon services. We appreciate them being our sponsor of this episode of this podcast and all of THPN. Uh, tonight was a fun one, guys. And unfortunately, the Stars are on the losing end of this tonight. They lose in the first overtime tonight by a final score of five to four. Yanni Gorge, the one who puts it away about seven minutes in. And in my opinion, this was arguably. The mo- the single greatest performance by an individual player in Dallas Stars history, and it was absolutely 100% wasted tonight. Um, Chris, how are you doing, bud? Let's make sure people can actually hear you. I'm doing good. The I was at the game, so I was able to talk a little bit to the atmosphere, and it was it was crazy in there. Even when the Stars were doing extremely bad in the second period, the the building was just waiting to blow up the whole time. So. Fans did our job. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get the the fifth one. I guess Pavelski needed the puck a little bit more. So for you tonight, what was like the the biggest difference, the biggest takeaway out of tonight's game? Because for me, there is an obvious one, but I'll let you have the floor first. The, the biggest difference to me was the, the puck battles. Every time the puck was along the boards, every single time the Kraken came away with it. I mean... And that was especially true in the first and second period. I mean, the Stars could not win a singular puck battle, and the fourth check of the Kraken was all over our blue liners. Our blue liners were probably the worst part of our game, and a game that had a lot of bad parts. So definitely the, the puck battles and the fourth check from the Kraken. I'm gonna I'm going to push back on you a little bit with the fact that there was a lot of bad things that happened tonight. There was one bad thing, and it led to several different things, in my own opinion. There were, I thought the Stars had a lot of good things tonight. And I just think they just weren't ready. 
I, I think they just like uh, the first a couple of games, it was a couple of games in the first round series. They, they just weren't ready to go. And unfortunately, uh, Ottinger was not really able to kind of save their bacon tonight just because of the fact that, and I, your, your, your point is kind of the same one that I was thinking, but it was, I'm specifically Chris looking at the four check. I feel like the four check was just absolutely relentless by the Seattle Kraken. And I, I know a lot of stars fans were thinking, Oh, well we got, we got the Seattle Kraken in a, instead of the Colorado avalanche. Yay. And I was very quick to ring the bell and say, Hey, hold on. Like, let's pause this for a second because the Seattle team I think is a lot better than a lot of stars fans are giving it credit for. And I think they showed everybody, not just stars fans, but everybody tonight that, they're a force to be reckoned with. So what do you, what do you think overall of like the idea that Dallas stars fans had of the Seattle Kraken? I mean, I don't think anyone took them for granted. I mean, they were very good, especially their, their full team play was on full display tonight. I mean, every single line was rolling their first four goals. There was only one player that had more than one point. I mean, they really spread out the offense just like they have all season long. Um, but I, I, I really – I don't think the Stars had a good game. I mean, if you have only one guy scoring all, all four goals, that's really awful. The end of the first period was terrible. A breakdown like that just can't happen. I mean, sure, Ottinger should, should make one of those saves for us, but none of those are on our fully. There's, there's not like he made a bad save in there. Um, and and to, to go that entire second half of the third period and not be able to put one home other than Joe Pavelski, I mean, that's a deficiency on the first line, uh, even a deficiency on the on the Ben Johnson line. I mean, both, one of those lines has to score a goal. You're not going to win a game with both of those lines being held to zero. So let's go ahead and talk about the forward lines because you kind of talked about it very briefly. Kind of surprisingly, and I, I saw this mentioned a couple of times this morning on Twitter, Joe Pavelski actually comes back into the game. Obviously, that's a big storyline. and But he doesn't come in playing with Jason Robertson and Rope Hintz. He comes into the game playing with Max Domi and Mason Marchment. Now, how do you look at that move by Pete DeBoer, because you could look at it one of two ways. You could look at it and say, Joe Pavelski was the only offense we had tonight. And it was a brilliant move to put him with Max Domi because Max Domi set him up three times, I think tonight, or you could look at it and say, if he was on the top line with Hintz and with Robertson, maybe they actually have a chance to win the game. But which way are you leaning? Cause I I'm seeing a lot of stars fans talk about that uh, across social media right now. Uh, you should not be blaming Pavelski being on the third line for the first line not scoring. The first line scored the entirety of last series. They have every capability to score. They need to score one goal. I mean, it is not – there's no way you can pin that on Pavelski being on the other line. He scored four goals on that line. I mean, and that was partially due to some exceptional play by Domi tonight, who was outstanding. I mean, it, it was really a brilliant move putting pass there. It, it sheltered his minutes. And obviously worked out extremely well, some amazing chemistry. So, yeah, you, you shouldn't blame Felsky being on a different line for those for our top two players not performing. That's their fault. That is not the fault of a coach or a decision or anything like that. 
Hints had his chances, and I actually thought for a second that in the overtime period that Hints was going to be one of the ones that maybe he would have a chance to finish it off for the Dallas Stars and get the game one win, but unfortunately he doesn't. But what I really want to talk about is a, a couple of players in general, and the first one is Robo. Robo was kind of a, a ghost tonight, and I, again, I, I'm – I'm tooting my own horn when I not toot my own horn. That's not the right thing to say, but he is still not being visible at all in the playoffs. When, when we need him to be big, when we need something to happen, when we need that punch in the gut, something like that, he's not the one that has been doing it. And this was a, we always, we've been saying for the past two and a half weeks now is, Oh, this is a perfect time for Robertson to show to finally get into this this playoffs. Or this is a perfect time for him to get into the series. This is a perfect time for him to get into a game that we didn't deserve to win, but still win because he is Jason Robertson and he's able to score those kind of things. Uh you were actually there tonight. Did you see him being a a force to be reckoned with tonight? Was he making good plays? I, I mean, what do you think of his play? in game one tonight. I I agree. He was, he was not good enough. And the more frustrating thing is that being in the building tonight, he had every opportunity to do stuff. He had lots of different chances for him to be able to make a play, and he never made one. I mean, he's, get, he's getting pucks along the boards. He, he's whipping them on stick handles. I mean, pucks hopping over his stick, and, like, you can't fully blame him on that, but you kind of can't. I mean, you're a good player finding a way to corral that puck and take it to the net. So, yeah, he had opportunities to be that guy, and he wasn't able to do it again. Let's talk about uh, Ottinger for a second because, again, this is another thing that I feel like you can look at one of two ways, honestly. You could look at him and say uh, he let in four goals. That's the first time he's really done that in the playoffs and first time he's done it in a in one period. He, this is very rare for – Ottinger to give up this many goals in one period, but he did. But then after that, he completely shut the door and and kept the stars in the game. There was an opportunity. There were several opportunities where he got lucky, like the when they hit the post in the third period. It could have been five to two, but then he also made some key stops down the stretch, especially in the second and third period, that allowed Joe Pavelski to go and score those two goals and to make, get the game tied and to send it to overtime and, and that sort of thing. So I'm actually very curious because I don't know what your opinion is on Ottinger's play tonight, but which way are you leaning? Are you leaning on the fact that this was just kind of a fluke or are you just are you kind of worried about his play moving forward in the series? Uh, I was definitely worried about it. I mean, the, the three goals in one minute, that's when you need a big stop by your goaltender. And, and we always talk in and boast about how great of a playoff goaltender he is and how clutch he is. And I, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't see that save. I mean, we talked about the, the game four save that he made in the dying seconds of the, of the game. And I, I didn't, I didn't see one of those from Otter tonight. I, I think he needs to help us win more. And it, it, it kind of felt like he was a passenger tonight. I, I disagree with you a little bit. Cause I, I think he honestly kept us in the game tonight. Now, could he have been better? Obviously. Yes. But, and, the the three goals I in, just don't know like what's a save what 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 save kept us in the game that he made I mean the biggest one I can think of was the one that hit the post in the second period and that's not due to Otter well he was still there to make the to make the save on the rebound after that shot and 
I mean, like I said, he, he sometimes you just have to be a little bit lucky in the playoffs. He got a little bit lucky, and I thought he played really, really well in the second and third period. Um, well, well, as, getting lucky is not credit to Otter, I don't think. I, I mean, I can't point at one save and say that was a great save by Otter that kept us in the game. And the, and that's also what I was going to point out too is it, he didn't make like otherworldly saves like he did in Game Four against the Minnesota Wild, but he played. I thought he played very, very good. He didn't play world beater like he did then, but I I don't feel like it's fair to criticize him as much as I think you are because of what he's been doing for the Stars this entire playoff series. And I'll, you go ahead. You, you sound like you want to say something. Go ahead. Hey, guys, this is Ryan here. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or a dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on is Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, and without breaking the bank. If you were to lose your Raycon earbuds, they're not as expensive as some other earbuds out there that I'm not gonna name. So you don't have to feel bad about them as much when you do lose them. So they are on the cheaper side and they're also great, great quality. Raycon's mission, however, is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there, and you know who I'm talking about. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy-now, pay-later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat-fee international shipping as well. And here's the best thing. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's how you know you're getting a really good quality product. Some of the other features on these earbuds are just absolutely incredible. I love the noise isolation because with three kids, sometimes it's just nice to escape the world for just a second and not worry about anything else that is going on. Although my wife would probably say that's not a good thing. But anyways, the other thing that I really like about these is they have custom gel tips as well. And with my ears, how they are, I have very small, tiny, itty-bitty, like, elf ears. So it's very hard for me to find, like, gel tips that actually fit well, but these do, and it's fantastic. I love it. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buy Raycon dot com slash thpn light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings sportsbook right now new customers can make a five dollar bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly i'm going to be paying close attention to the lines and odds on the DraftKings sportsbook app for the seattle kraken and the dallas stars series obviously but i'm also looking forward to the carolina hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils series as well. Canes is kind of like my second team, I'll, I'll be honest. I like them a lot. But 
Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Well, the Stars need that, though. I mean, you're not going to win a playoff series unless your goaltender is playing very well. Grubauer made some insane saves in that overtime. I mean, I can think of three off the top of my head that Grubauer made saves to keep them in that game, and I, I can't think of one for for uh, Otter. So, yeah, maybe compared to the stuff he did earlier in the in the season, it, it may not be fair, but tonight he was beat. Grubauer beat him. And that's fair. That's fair. When When we needed a big save... Grubauer was the one who did it, and it was not Ottinger who did it for us. So I think that's fair. Uh, let me t- you you brought up the three goals in fifty two seconds, or three goals in one minute, or whatever. Did you actually? I think you have to give credit to the Seattle Kraken a little bit. I, I think, regardless of how you feel about those three goals, but I really feel like that that's like an outlier, and that's a one time thing, and that's not going to happen again. Is is that a fair assumption on my part, uh, Christian? I mean, yeah, now that it did happen, I mean, it was a total breakdown by the blue liner. Every every single time you found a defenseman on all three of those goals, that was wildly and ridiculously out of position. I mean, on all three of those goals. I wasn't able to, to, to go back and check exactly who it was on those yet since I'm driving back right now. But, I mean, it's... The blue liners were terrible in that first period. They were really bad. And let's go ahead and that. That was going to be another talking point I wanted to d- discuss with you. So I- I'm still in the belief that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. All right? What wasn't broke was the fact that Joel Hanley was playing okay and he was playing well enough to where we didn't notice him, which is exactly what he should be. And if we don't notice him, that means he's doing his job well. We noticed a lot of several blue liners tonight. And one of those was Colin Miller. Colin Miller was was rough tonight. I Before I let you talk about Colin Miller, I do want to point out that Hawk and Paw and Lindell, in my opinion, were way worse than either the first pairing or the third pairing tonight. Um, but I'll let you go ahead and talk about Miller's play tonight and then give me your take on that second D pairing tonight because I honestly thought they were probably the worst part of this team tonight. Yeah, I mean, the choice to slot in Miller is interesting. I get what DeBoer is trying to do. Even when Hanley was in, he still wasn't playing a lot of minutes, so you're trying to to give those minutes, spread those minutes out a little bit more along the blue, among the blue liners. And if Miller's playing well, then we can trust him for 12, 13 minutes, but he wasn't. So in those first two periods, he was really a defensive liability. We were trying to hide him in our lineup. 
Um, luckily, he played a lot better in the third period and overtime. But I mean, two of the first three goals are on Miller. I, I don't recall which ones they were, um, but he played extremely bad in the first two periods. He was, he was a total liability. Um, Hockenpah and Lindell. I know Hockenpah was one of the one of the other three um, in that first period where he was already up the ice when the Kraken ha- had a good forecheck and got the got the puck back and got it in front. So that was him being at position. I don't recall Lindell at all, though. Um, but, yeah, the blue line was bad. Yeah, and, and what did we talk about with uh, Joey from the Kraken pod, Chris? We talked about what is – and you mentioned it before I even could. If you look at the Dallas Stars and on paper, what is the thing that you can say, look at the clink in the armor and and kind of exploit that? And that's the defense. And the defense has been pretty solid overall, especially in the first round series. They were they were pretty solid. But tonight the Kraken really made them look stupid and made them look really, really bad. Um, just to give you some yeah, and I think De- DeBoer was out coached in that regard because I mean the Kraken came out and that's what they attacked. They attacked our blue line and their ability to move the puck in our own zone. Their forecheck was all over us, and I, I don't think that was that was a mistake. I mean, that that forecheck was designed to go after the weak spot of this team, and they did a very good job of it. When the as the game went on, I would argue that the breakouts, which were atrocious in the first period, we could not get out of the zone to save our lives, and maybe even in the second period, you could say. But I thought as the game went along, that Dallas was able to get their breakouts better. They were playing better defense as the game went forward. Uh, would you agree with that or would you disagree with that? Yeah, that's definitely true, especially in the third period when all the momentum was going away. It, it took a Joe Pavelski goal out of nowhere. But after that happened, we were, we were really going downhill. Well, okay, and just uh, back to some of the stats I wanted to point out. So Yanni Hockenpah, Colin Miller, and Essa Lindell. Essa Lindell ends the night with two penalty minutes. He has one hit, and he's a minus three, an absolute minus three. That is team worst. And on the opposite side, you've got Yanni Hockenpah, who ends the night as a minus two, and then Colin Miller ends the night with a minus one. And I, again, I know that we don't like to talk about plus minus when it comes to long term, but when you look at one game, which is what we're doing tonight, I mean that that stat alone says it all. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not going to concede anything to plus minus because I think Lindell's out there against some of the better players from the Kraken. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the blue line was good. I just don't. I just don't think you can look at. Hawk and Paw and look at Miller and say, "Oh well, they suck." And then Essa Lindell didn't. He had a he had probably the worst game I think I've seen in several months from him. And and, and I'm not just saying that because of the minus three. I, I'm really not. It, it was just his general play. He took a he took a really bad penalty that really actually was a bad penalty. And then he was getting outworked and he was reaching for pucks. He wasn't by far the the worst Dallas Stars player tonight. Yeah, I, I just don't agree. <laughs> That's right. I think Miller was much worse. Okay. Okay, so anything else that I haven't mentioned that you think needs to be mentioned? 
Nope. I got to wrap it up real quick here too. Okay. All right. So we will wrap it up here real quick. Um, couple of questions for game two real quick. Do you bring in Joel Hanley and take out Colin Miller? Quick yes or no? Uh, I don't know. Miller would be really good. Very tough question. I would say yes. Okay. I would say yes as well. Would you take Pavelski and put him back on the top line and throw Sagan back on the third line? He scored four goals. Stupid question. No. <laughs> All right. And biggest winner, biggest loser for you tonight, Chris? Boy, I wonder who the biggest winner is. I have to say Joe Pavelski. Uh, biggest loser, I'm still on Miller. He, he played better in the third period, but, I mean, the the first his first three shifts were some of the worst def- defense I've seen the Stars play. I'll give a, a couple of biggest winners since, obviously, the big one is Joe Pavelski. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. He's the first guy to score four goals in a long time in the playoffs. The guy is 38 years old, and he's doing it. And not to mention, he just had a concussion. He just came back from a concussion. And But I want to give two other little biggest winners, if that makes any sense. One to Johnston, who looked like a demon possessed uh, at the end of the third period. It looked like he was going to try and end the game right then and there. And then another biggest winner I want to give to is Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter, I thought, was pretty, pretty good tonight. And uh, I guess for my biggest loser, I'll just give it to the the bottom four. Uh, I'll give it to Hawk and Paw, uh, Essa. No, I'll, I'll give it to three. Essa, Colin, and Yanni. I thought Thomas Harley did okay, t- did pretty well tonight as well. So, okay, uh, Chris, anything else? Oh. Okay. All right. Those of you that are listening on the podcast side later, we appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, Please consider leaving a five-star review if you liked what you heard here tonight. Stars will be back in action on Thursday, and it's going to be another 8.50 start, of course, because the NHL hates the central time zone for some reason. I don't know why. Um, But thank you for – thank those of you – thank you to those of you. Sorry who are listening live. We got 20 right now. And at one point we were up to like 35, I think. So thank y'all for doing that. And y'all are insane. It's 1247 at night. Go to bed. Crazy insanity people. And uh, as always, please go and check out StarcasticRemarks.com. That's our website. All the latest information there. Thanks to our sponsors, DraftKings and Raycon. Use that promo code THPN. Longside Chris, who's on the phone. My name is Ryan. We will catch you guys on the flip side, and we hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening, and we will be back with you guys again on Thursday. See you guys later.